Hey, welcome to James Crowley's Infinite Playlist, the podcast where I try to hear every song that's ever existed. Took a little bit of a break for the end of the summer. Um, you know, it just I just needed some time off. Uh, and, you know, things are kind of slow right now. Um, and work was kind of super busy. So I just wanted a little bit of time to myself. Uh, so this episode was recorded in August. Uh, but you're not hearing it now until after Labor Day, whenever I decide to post this. Um, but uh, this episode was recorded with Emily Fair, my good, good friend, who uh, I haven't seen now in a very long time because of quarantine and COVID. Um, she was featured on the second ever episode of this podcast, The Sounds Happy But Isn't. Uh, Emily does a lot of cool stuff that I think we kind of talk about on the podcast. I won't really get into it here. But guys, before I play the audio, I do want to give you a heads up. This conversation lasted a very long time. Emily and I are great friends, and it's one of those things that like we just hadn't spoken to each other in a very long time. So this is going to be a multi-parter. Um, I haven't edited it yet, but it's either going to be a two or possibly three-parter, depending on how long uh, this goes and how, you know, where it's easiest to cut this up. But um, yeah, guys, before I play the first part, please uh, Follow me on Instagram, James P. Crowley. Follow me on Twitter, James P. Crowley 68. Subscribe to my newsletter, jamescrowley.substack.com. Uh, you'll be able to find all my stuff there, all my info. Uh, yeah. And I realized after finishing recording the intro that I never said the theme of the podcast. On this episode, Emily and I talk about boy bands slash girl groups, you know, that kind of trope throughout music history the whole entire time. It's a very good uh, listen. Uh, Emily is super knowledgeable about this stuff, and I really enjoy this episode. Uh, so yeah, let's get into it. Bye. <laughs> now <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah no that's fine um but um no yeah so yeah i feel like i haven't been going out like except during like at night and that's just like the only time i get outside i like leave my mm -hmm. house at five to go for a run every day you're more active than i am i'm trying to i'm trying to get ripped Mm -hmm. although like i've been slacking for like the past two weeks really um and i recorded a tiktok of myself today and like my belly looked big and i was like god damn it i mean it's like a look you know i know but i was like uh it's also like a tiktok that was kind of like an exercise tiktok so <laughs> Oh boy. I mean, I keep saying that I'm going to exercise two laps or I got this uh, rowing machine, but I currently don't have room for it. So it's like in the garage and it's like too hot to, to exercise outside, not in right. the water. So I'm just like uh, sitting here eating chocolate covered pretzels at odd hours you, of the day. But you have a pool, right? Yeah. Swim laps. Yeah, but I get unmotivated i'm gonna do it tomorrow so i made this rule for myself that i've not been following that every time i go in the pool like even for fun i need to do laps like a certain amount 
but I just like have not been following that because it's like, oh, I'll get my hair wet and then I need to wash it. It's like a whole thing. But I got this um this uh swim cap. And I look um, like an absolute uh monster in it. So Oh, I bet. You probably you probably look like I feel like the only people I ever think about wearing swim caps are like professional swimmers mm-hmm. and like grandmas. It looks like someone like it looks like I shaved my head off and then I sharpied onto my head like like a Lego, you know, like how Legos have the Yeah, yeah it looks like that. Um and I also Is it like have that color. Little, well, it's black, and then I have uh, little things over my ears that are just, like, raised circles. So I guess so it doesn't irritate them too much, but it makes me look like a robot. That's weird. Which I kind of it, like. It It hurts my hair when I, like, take it off. And oh, it's like, I'm already losing uh, some hair due to anxiety, so that's another thing where I'm like... <laughs> um, can you send me a picture when you have all that on tomorrow? Just because I'm genuinely curious. I'll try. I'm not going to, like, post it and be like, ah, look at Emily, fucking loser. I mean, now I know you're exactly going to do that. That's going to be, like, the cover art for this. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be the Instagram post. I spoke to Emily. What are they called? Like the nose plug things? Because I can't. Uh, I think that's what it is. From cap thing. (laughs) I'm not going to use those. I know how to, like, actually. I know how to swim. I just like haven't done it in a while. I I used to swim so much more in weirdly in Westchester than I do here. Did I I tell you about my pool situation? No. So um, have I told you about the cult my parents joined? It's not a cult. Is it a country club? No, but like it's kind of a country club. It's because like, I know you would equate cult with country club. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like basically it's a club that was originally for like German Catholics. Now it's intended for all Catholics, but like basically they, I think during the regular time they do like food and they do events. Like they do like an Oktoberfest event mm. and they have like a bar there and they have like a little pool. It's not like, excuse me, like a big pool, but it's a pool nonetheless. And it opened, and, like, you know, when you go, they want you to wear a mask when you're not in the pool or, like, when you're walking around, uh, and they check your temperature as soon as you get in. And then a few weeks ago, they get a call saying, hi, you know, we just wanted to let you know that you were at the club on a day that someone was there that has since tested positive for COVID. And it's like, Yeah, this is why I'm not going to public or semi-public pools. I'm very lucky that I'm able to have yeah. one. Um, and the fact that I have a backyard and I have a pool, like, that has been a game changer in terms of being able to see people. Yeah. Because I can easily be six feet away or however further from people. And I still wear a mask um, yeah. even when I'm that far away sometimes. If I'm, but if I'm on, on, like, the other side of the pool, like, I, I, I get a little bit, like, lax about that because it's, like, right. more than six feet. But right. uh, it's nice just, like, laying on a floaty, having a drink have the mask on and then if you have like the hat and sunglasses on you just look like you're trying to like not be caught by any security cameras honestly like you 
God, I wish I quarantined. <laughs> this would have been, it would have been great if I finally visited you out in LA, like right before COVID hit. And I'm like, I well, guess dude, I have to drive out it. here. Um, that would take me very long. You can sleep in your car. I'm a My parents driver. are RVing out here. Oh, that's nice. That's I know. Fun. They're doing it for me. AKA they don't want to spend the winter in New York. Um, but they're arriving right near my birthday. So that's my birthday gift. Because I have that's never fun. spent more than uh, three or so months away from them. And now it has been five. Wow. Or a little, a, about to be five. Like in a week, it'll be five. Because they were in LA, I think, a week or so before this all happened. Wow. That's yeah. intense. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom is a germaphobe. I, I have so many Lysol sprays because my mom bulk bought so much. I have like, um, you know, the hand sanitizers where you, they're motion sensor and you put them underneath your... Yes. Yeah, you so have those? I had not the actual motion sensor part, but the oh. big ass uh, insert that you put in of oh, the yeah, actual yeah, hand yeah. sanitizer. I have that and I have three of those and it's really it's kind of hard to get it out. I have to like put it upside down and then just like push it up. <laughs> um, so you know how like those big, big bottles are becoming all the more commonplace now. Mm-hmm. So like I went to vote, you know, whenever voting was in New York and um, I get there and like, as I'm leaving, I'm like, okay, I'm going to hit myself with some hand sanitizer on the way out just so that like, you know, be safe. And I pressed it down and I didn't realize how much came up out because they had that and then they had some masks underneath it. Oh, me. And I'm like, yo, I, I totally just fucked these masks by like pressing down too much and like spilling a gallon on my hands. Dude, there's a joke in there somewhere. <laughs> Maybe. I don't want to do COVID material. It's like. I guess. Uh, it's too depressing. Yeah, I mean, you're actually right. If I heard the joke, I'd probably be like, but people are dying. That's not great. I mean, like, you know, the other thing is, too, is just, like, everyone was making jokes about it on Twitter when it was, like, first happening. Mm -hmm. And it's also, like, just everything is probably going to be hack. Yeah, I mean, I like the jokes where it's, like, making fun of people who aren't taking it seriously. Yeah. And that's like, like my audience, so don't want to. That was a joke. Oh um, boy. Partially. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know um, people who threw like COVID parties at the start of this. I was not so hanging stupid. out with them, and I'm not like friends with them per se. But um, just the fact that I was seeing this on like Instagram stories, I was just like, "What the fuck?" And they were like dressing up as doctors going to them. And like throwing gloves and masks everywhere. It was um, a friend of mine's birthday recently. I didn't go because that was when I went out to Staten Island. Um, but, you know, she had it at a winery. It was a little bit more upstate. So, like, things, you know, even though like things are still pretty bad, like the further north you go upstate, the better it is. Because there aren't as many people there. Exactly. But so, like, she had it at a winery and stuff. And she invited me, and I already knew I couldn't go because of um, whatever. But she also invited one of her friends, who I know that, like, 
moved to Florida during all this. Oh, boy. Which, which, like, now isn't the right time to move to Florida. And he made a post in the Facebook group saying, like, oh, hey, you know, I know some of you may be concerned because I moved to Florida. I'm actually going to drive up for this. Um, But I want you all to know that I got tested and I've been quarantining as best as I can. And I, you know, am driving up so I won't be making contact with other people and blah, blah, blah. Well, he got tested. Did he get the results? He said he got tested and it was negative. But it was, but it's still like one of those things where I was like, yeah, but I also know you haven't been taking this seriously and you've been complaining about it constantly since it started. And like, I wouldn't feel safe. I mean, literally the Horace Greeley um, graduation, the reason why an outbreak was because someone came up from Florida. Yeah. So, so bad. Yeah. I actually got tested today, so I'm going to get my results soon. I got an antibody test around July 4th. And this is my first, like, real test. Because I've heard a lot of... Sorry? Go ahead. I've been feeling, like, kind of out of it lately, but I I really think I have a sinus infection because I chronically get sinus infections. Well, that's And I think it's partially anxiety, too. (laughs) Well, everyone now has their, like, point in time that they're like, you know, I really wasn't feeling too well. I think I had it. And it's like, no, you probably a little bit in your head. I mean, I remember I got the flu in late February, maybe early March, and they asked me, have you been to China lately? And I was just like, and I had heard of it, and I was just like, no, but, (laughs) and then it's like, did I have coronavirus? But they, they tested me, and I got, like, the flu strain whatever back, but that was, I've, like, I haven't really gotten the flu before, and if I did, it was pretty mild this was like the worst i'd ever felt oh that's bad yeah i've heard like the flu is awful i don't think i've ever gotten it either yeah i mean i get the vaccine every year and i got it that year too but i think it wasn't as effective maybe la vaccines just suck You secretly had an anti-vaxxer doctor. I probably like, We're going to give mean, you the vaccine. I'm not going to say who in my life I know that is an anti-vaxxer, but I was... Um, Recommended I, this doctor by an anti-vaxxer. No, no, no. Well, no, there was someone where I went to go see them, and this was before all of this stuff was happening, and... Uh, they were talking about vaccinating like children and stuff. And they essentially were saying that they're an anti-vaxxer without saying they're an Mm anti-vaxxer. And it it was one of the most uncomfortable conversations I've ever had. Cause it's not a person that I interact with like a lot. I don't know. It was just like, but I like her. So I was just like, how do I say this in a way? It's one of those things that's always so uncomfortable. Um, One of my roommates from college, um, he like, this was like a few years ago, but he went on like an anti-vaxxer rant on Facebook. And it was just sort of like, how did I live with you for a year? And this is like Mm -hmm. something we never touched on. Yeah, I mean, there were, there's this girl that I went to um, a study abroad program with, and I became, like, pretty friendly with her, 
And I knew that she was from Florida, um, but we never really talked about like politics or whatever. And then we added each other on Facebook. And then she was posting these like horrifying anti-abortion things, like bloody pictures, everything. And I was just like, okay, I am muting you. That's so bad. Yeah. People are strange. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, this is why I don't really go on Facebook anymore, except for like events and to message people. You know, it's funny. So I did a story for work about um, the gathering of the Juggalos. Mm-hmm. Classic. And thing. yeah, but so my oh, editor sorry, was James. like, James, I'm sorry. <laughs> and so my editor was like, oh, hey, see if you could find some Juggalos that you could interview about this. And I was like, cool. So I joined these Juggalo groups on Facebook. And now my timeline is just all Juggalos. Oh my God. And like, I'm thinking like, I should either mute these or like get out of here. But like, I kind of love it. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm definitely going to be leaving it for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Facebook to me, I mean, I'm going to go on Facebook right now and I'll try to, I'll see if there's anything even worth sharing, but it's just like really boring or it's just yeah. people being really annoying that I have to mute. It's like, yeah. I That's mean, pretty- yeah, it's just like, there are these people who they just decide that they want to be going to rant and that Facebook is the only place to do that. And I'm just like, this is probably not the, Oh yeah. My, my timeline, whatever you call it is mostly a dog spotting, which is this, uh, yeah. yeah. And then a sponsored post by Joe Biden, who I I'm voting for because I have to, I guess. (laughs) Not my preferred candidate. I can't candidate. say who I'm voting for. Oh, because you're a journalist? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. I never thought about that. But um, I'm voting for uh, just whatever Democrat is against Trump. So uh, you don't For me, to- I just say uh, IKYK. <laughs> if you know, you know. Yeah. Actually, uh, it's uh, IYK. I, I knew what you were trying to do. Yeah. And then I'm trying the to be other, The other group I'm in is New Urbanist Memes for Transit-Oriented Teens, which Ash added That's, me to. <laughs> sounds awful. Well, it's talking about how, like, transportation is, like, severely under um, underdeveloped in a lot of cities. I mean, LA is, like, number one awful when it comes to that. And Oh, I could see that. Yeah, I read this really interesting article about how um, they essentially got rid of public transportation in order to, um, like, cause, um, like, to undercut the black middle class, because a lot of them used uh, public transportation to get to their neighborhoods. And the highways they literally cut through them like the like cut through the neighborhoods and said like oh we need this land so they just like took over all these people's businesses wow. and homes yeah it's crazy it's an LA Times article um yeah LA uh I like it in some ways uh, the history of it is awful um have I told you about welcome to hell world I don't think so I'll send you a link. It uh, ruins my day whenever I read it, but it's important. It's um, 
It's a newsletter. Um, oh, you told me about this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, it's great. I'll send you a link. Um, okay. I, I submitted an article at work today, and I told my editor, uh, let me know if I got a little too uh, hell worldy with this. I don't know if she knows what that means, but like. I mean, I feel like you can tell what it means just yeah. based on the name. Um, but, um, another Facebook group I'm in is uh, the same trend MTA memes for perpetually swiping teens. <laughs> do you, is that the same group, but for singles? Well, it. So this one says uh this meme which i will describe which is a great way to uh get across a meme is to describe through uh just talking about it rather than seeing it in public it's someone with their airpods looking like really intense in headphones this is a brooklyn brown three train the next stop is clark street (laughs) you know the announcer yeah yeah i love that guy's voice in yeah, I mean, I love it. I think you love it because you're. I in love LA. the cadence. I love the cadence of the voice. Oh no, it's a, it's a. They picked it for a reason, but you love it. Granted, I haven't been to the city I'm nostalgic, now. Nostalgic, Jimmy. I mean, I guess I'm kind of nostalgic since I haven't ridden the subway in five months now. Mm-hmm. But like, also, I don't mind the fact that I haven't ridden the subway in five months. I guess. Um, but yeah, let's, let's get into the playlist, but right before we do that, it's been about a year since you were last on the podcast. So, uh, what have you been listening to lately? I mean, lots of K-pop as usual, which I think we'll get into. I think I added some. Yeah, Yeah. I did. Um, I, we were talking about this before, but I've gotten into vinyl, so I am buying a lot of my favorite records just in general and newer ones so a newer one I got well it relatively new is Dua Lipa's album which I'm mm-hmm. obsessed with uh there's it's a, only, that's a very good album there's only one bad song on it um boys will be boys but in the remix album which I hope she releases on vinyl as well um Charlie XCX and like I think Tovlo are on it and like they're gonna make that insane. I ha- I have a uh, Charlie XCX's stuff too. I spent way too much money to get one that was limited edition because uh, it's album. one of my favorite albums of all time, and it, it was a double. So which which album's that? Uh, Pop two, and then on the other side is Number One Angel, which I also really really love. Um, and then I got before all of this, I went to Goodwill and I found some stuff. I got a um i think it's peter paul and mary album for like two bucks which i'd never heard before and i really liked um i got phoebe bridger's new album and her old one i got lucy dacus both of her albums which i love soccer mommy dacus i'm sorry (laughs) i don't like say her voice her name out loud um i got soccer mommy's latest album and it was a mess because I have a really shitty record player right now. It's like a $40 one on Amazon and I'm going to upgrade, but I need to stop getting um, so many records because I need to save money for an actual better player. Get a better I felt, paradox. I felt so bad. So I got the record and then it kept skipping. So I 
I messaged the guy being like, like the person who I bought it from. Oh, yeah. Well, it was like on Bandcamp, so it was like a customer service thing. And I was okay. like, hey, I'm having issues with this. Um, like, could I get a new one? Because also I'm relatively new to this stuff. So then he sent me a new one. And then I was like, okay, I'll send you the other one back. And he's like, no, keep it. I was like, okay. And then I was skipping in the same exact places. So then I was Wait. like, you don't need to send me a new one. I just wanted to let you know. Like, I don't know if it's an issue that's happening. He was like, no, I'll send you a new one. I'm like, you really don't have to. I felt so but bad. Do three? Uh, well, I gave one to my friend for her birthday because she doesn't have a player, but she loves Soccer Mommy. We were supposed to go to her concert here before all this happened because it got canceled. And then I looked online uh, and I saw that sometimes shitty record players skip a lot. And if you put a penny on the top of the stylus, it fixes it. And I was like, fuck, it worked. But it still has like some little skips, but it's just like very minor so yeah. i guess i f- i feel like i just feel bad but i'm you feel like, like you swindled the guy out of it yeah but it wasn't on purpose i was just feeling <laughs> formed oh boy it reminds me that- of the time where i accidentally stole something when i was like 10 years old that was worth a quarter and i felt i like told my parents like we need to go back I've had that a bunch. I had that a lot when I was younger. Like, you w- walk out of a restaurant, like, with a spoon in your hand by accident. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, my God, I stole it. And, you're, uh, and I'm like, Dad, can you bring it back? Uh, and yeah. <laughs> like, I wish I could be Rihanna and just, like, walk out with a wine glass and, like, feel confident. But I have friends who told me that they, like, shoplifted when they were teenagers or even preteens. And I was just like, how like how do you not feel guilty for the rest of your life for doing that and how do you even like have the confidence to do that i don't advocate shoplifting by the way have, i mean have if, I ever, it's, if it's like for walmart like have i, I ever that. told you the the sh- sh- uh, shoplifting story that i had from high school oh boy so i won't i won't say who it was but i'll i'll text you who it was mm-hmm. um but so when I was a freshman at Briarcliff, I was new. Like, I didn't really know anyone. But uh, this person had gone to my friend's school, and we were in the same friend group. Um, so, like, we kind of, like, talked a little bit, and, like, we had that connection because the friend of mine from another school was friends with her, and we you know so like one day we walked home from school together and like we were just hanging out and you know we go into value drugs and she's just like hey can I like tell you something that like you can't tell anyone (laughs) and she was um and I go yeah sure what's that and we were walking around and there's like a t-shirt on a rack and she just grabs it and puts it in her bag. And she did it I with like, like three didn't, things. She didn't even tell you what it was. Yeah, she just did it. And then she's like, you can't tell anyone I do this except this person and this person because I also do it with them. And they do it too. So. And I was like, Jimmy okay, but I was so uncomfortable. Jimmy secretly told me who the person was, and this uh, is totally on brand. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I didn't know. That was, like, really the first time we hung out, like, oh ever. God. And I was like, this is 
insane. I mean, they, I'm, I'm not going to give any more details than this, but they told me that they had a crush on a 30-year-old when they were, like, 15. And I kept saying, that's fucking weird. Stop hanging out with him. <laughs> and, I feel like I and they were just like, that. oh, it's fine. And I was just like, can you, like, stop telling me about this. If, like, you need to stop. And this was all during math class. I, we're, this was our math class. <laughs> Wait, was it our math class? Was it the one? Because it Wait, was my was sophomore it? year. Okay, so yeah, so my junior year. Okay, I, re- I remember that. That was like the first time you ever kind of confided something in, my, in me. I mean, we know what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> it was so I could get out of some shit. <laughs> <laughs> You were like, hey, so just, like, please tell her that nothing is. <laughs> <laughs> nothing so is like, happening. And then I think I it mean, was, like, I was, the, like, a baby. I had never dealt with, like, real drama that wasn't just, like, friend drama. And this was, like, uh, more uh, intense. And I thought that I would actually get beat up. And I, I was just, I had just learned how to properly wash my hair. I was not ready to get beat up. <laughs> oh that was so funny that was like that was also like I just remember going and talking to that girl the next day and being like hey so uh Emily wanted me to tell you this and she was like of course this bitch did and I was like I don't know she just told me to tell you and she's like it's okay Jimmy I'm not mad at you and I'm like okay (laughs) yeah but I didn't have to do anything I was just trying to be nice I know, but like I don't know. <laughs> I'm just the whole situation. You. I wasn't even trying to do anything. I'm just telling you how it went. <laughs> I know it's just for the listeners at home. <laughs> I mean, later on, something came of it. So well, that was unrelated to that. <laughs> this and then is you so texted big. her and you said, "I win." <laughs> I mean, I did. <laughs> um, I win, you lose. <laughs> You sounded like pee pee cocaine there. Um, I'm pretty. I think it's from. Um, oh my god. The stupid, stupid boy don't even know. It's like the. Oh, that's. Uh, I don't even know Ash, who that Ash is. Nico? Ash, Ash Nico? I don't know. Um, I like. Yeah, I listen to like two artists from TikTok, and it's pee pee cocaine and um, Big Clit. Oh my god. Have you seen the Lynn Manuel Miranda clip of him doing audiobook narration and he says the word clit? No. It's clit. <laughs> like something like that. The teens are making fun of him on TikTok and I think it's hilarious. As a fellow uh, Wesleyan an alum. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't seen that. I think because, I mean, granted, are you on TikTok? I deleted it because I'm paranoid, and also I know that I would get ad- addicted to it. So I, I like um, watch them on like when they're posted like, on their stuff yeah. or if they're embedded. I was gonna say I'm like I'm pretty sure you and I would be in very different sectors of TikTok. Yeah, I mean I I read this like from an article. A lot of the ones that were showing up for me when I was like actually on it were like body positivity, and then just like random dances. Um, and people, like, 
giving political advice being like do this to like stop the patriarchy and I'm like this tracks <laughs> um mine is um pop punk stuff and kinksters mm-hmm. uh yeah that's you and sometimes like broy dudes but you know yeah uh but anyway <laughs> the theme of your playlist is um Boy bands slash girl groups. Yeah. And I, um, I'm very apt for this because of K-pop and my general <laughs> love for uh, boy boy bands and girl groups throughout my life. Talk a little bit about your approach to this one. Uh, so I need to put two K-pop songs in here, but I also wanted to have a variety because I didn't want to just like yeah. make that be the only thing you're listening to. So I went for sort of a variety in terms of stuff that I've been listening to throughout my life and also some like not super recent like one of the k-pop songs is more recent but I have like a 1950s or 60s girl group in there I have a lot of 2000s but I also have some like late 2000s early 2010s um because that was like the golden years. And it's like yeah. when I was growing up, especially. I have a song here from the Stuart Little soundtrack that I used to watch the music video on the bonus features all the time. That was one of my favorite pastimes going on to the special features and seeing what music videos were featured. Did You're going to have to point out which one that is when we it's, get to it. It's the one you have no idea what it is, probably. And I listened to it recently. <laughs> watched it with my friend with the video I knew every single word and I haven't listened to it in like seven years um yeah my approach for it was I think very different because I kind of played it fast and loose with the interpretation well you took a lot of the bands that I was going to put on you took like the more noticeable ones like I'm basic this isn't what I listen to I don't know make out though that's the one that I don't know that that's gonna be a conversation when we get to it I I don't know it's because I made this a very long time ago I probably wouldn't have included make out if I made this list now okay but um but let's get into it your first pick was leader of the pack by the Shangri-Las So I, I chose this because I wanted to start out with something sort of from the classic era. And this is about a girl who loves a bad boy. And I think he's in like a motorcycle gang and it's yeah. like a doom romance. And I first found out about the song because I read this AV Club article about like the best uh, girl group songs from like the 50s and 60s about like the rebel boys and stuff and like how they were full on narratives. And I really liked that. And this one's yeah. just so catchy and the production is really fun. Um, and I just really love this era and you have a similar thing with the Ronettes. Yeah. Where I just, it's, 
it's present nowadays in terms of like girl groups boy bands in terms of like harmonies but just like the way that the voices blend together in these songs i feel like are done super well versus yeah like the 2000s except for like backstreet boys and nsync i felt like it got a little sloppy (laughs) well yeah and i think that like with this it's really just kind of like it's really going on like raw talent and in a sense too with a lot of like the girl groups of that era and like even like the male vocal groups with those types of artists now you see the different distinctions where it's like oh, you know, there's this one, there's this one, or, you know, you have the member that's your favorite, where these are groups that are, like, acting as a unit. Yeah, but there's usually one main person, which is interesting. And then the rest are background versus with these more modern ones, it's usually, like, one or two uh, sort of main people. Like, they alternate doing choruses in, like, the first verse. Like, when I think of One Direction in terms of, we can talk about it later, but I can break down exactly how they're going to, like, do the song in order. Right. I've also listened to so much that I know. Right. (laughs) But but it's, like, it's very interesting how it becomes that sort of formula. And I do want to say, when I was talking about the 2000s in terms of harmonies, like, early 2000s, amazing, like, Destiny's Child and all of that. Yeah. Late 2000s, when we get to, like, Jonas Brothers, <laughs> Harmies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, since you already mentioned it, I'm actually going to start with my first one, which was Be My Baby by the Ronats. The night we met, I knew I needed you so. And if I had the chance, I'd never let you go. you had another one i do i'm gonna do that one okay we'll we'll go back to it okay (laughs) i i just figure because it's a continuation of the girl group thing it can kind of like i guess keep it in time but like no i think that like you like you said kind of acting as a unit and like to tie it the this doesn't really tie into like the shangri-la's but like be my baby is just a pop song in my opinion mm-hmm. where like the shangri-la leader of the pack has more of a narrative to it yeah um like and it's uh leader of the pack is a little bit more cinematic in a sense where like i can kind of like picture that song being played in a movie or like being played it or like being a song in a musical mm-hmm. where like be my baby is something i kind of more picture as like background music or like you know it's I something really that, like it though. oh i love it it's okay. it's great i also think that i have to look it up there's a great mashup that julia noons did with this song and baby by justin bieber mm-hmm. and like it's just like perfect because it's like oh i could do both babies Ooh, both babies yeah um, 
I mean, we can talk about Phil Spector in here and how uh, he's problematic, but he was very influential in terms of the wall of sound. Um, he, but fuck well, him. He knew, yeah, he, uh, yeah. He, he had great musical ideas and he was a great producer uh, in, in the sense that he really, like, knew what he was doing. He was, you know, when you think about, like, people that came after him that were, like, producers that uh, really shaped the sound of their artists and became just as important as the artists of themselves, you know, people like Rick Rubin or Jack Antonoff, like, Phil Spector was the first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was a terrible person. Yeah, I feel <laughs> and, like Phil Spector, though, had more influence and control and that's definitely a thing that happens in girl groups and boy bands that we will continue in terms of uh in sync and these people tend to be problematic especially since a lot of these people in these groups are pretty young or they're starting out very young and they end up being exploitative and things like Mm -hmm. that also because Um, generally if you're in a group like you're not famous enough to go out on your own so right. the, these people, like, they don't really have anything if not for this group, at right. least at the start. Like, you can eventually and, go solo or whatever, but it's like, you're replaceable in a sense. Yeah. Well, since, like I said, that kind of comes into them acting as a unit, mm-hmm. um, which, yeah, it's unfortunate that, you know, someone like Phil Spector can hold that much weight. Mm-hmm. Um and I mean, like you said, we see that time and again with like InSync and like not even just with uh, artists that are like in groups, but someone, something like the Dr. Luke Kesha situation, yeah. you know, it's where a producer really is given far more power than they should. Yeah. Having his own label. abuses it. Yeah. 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 Um. So for my next one, we can talk about Juliet by Element. Hey, I've been watching you, every little thing you do. Every time I see you pass, my homeroom class makes my heart beat fast. I've tried to paint you twice, but I see you roll your eyes. Wish I could make it real, but your lips are sealed. That ain't no big deal. Cause I know you really want me. I hear your friends talk about me. So what are you trying to do without me? I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. Oh. So <laughs> I I don't even remember where I first saw this music video, but I got obsessed with it. And I'm pretty sure this is the one where they're like at the laundry and then there's also like a skateboard ramp in there. And it's just, I, it really made me think like, oh, this is what cool teens do. And to me, a, a lot of these like early 2000s, um, like mid 2000 bands, like when I saw their music videos, I was just like, oh, that's what I'm aspiring to be. And yeah. I, would, I would sing this song with my friends nonstop. And it's funny because it's not a well-known group at all. It's such a one-hit no. wonder. But and it's not even like a well-known, relatively one-hit wonder. Like no. I don't know where it probably didn't chart very high. I knew this song when it got to the chorus. It almost sounds like a song that like maybe appeared in like a 
a preteen movie. movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, cool. I recognize this. It's familiar, but n- not at yeah. the same time. I- I'm not sure exactly where it's from, but like almost all my friends who were watching like Disney Channel, The N, and all of those um, programs, like, if you start playing this, everyone's like, oh, I know this. And then when the chorus hits, they're like, oh, my God, this is my song. It's like, song. it's this song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And these are, like, the classic guys. They have the spiky hair. They're all, like, very generic looking. Yeah. Classic. I wonder if this was a group. Do you remember the A-teens? Oh, I loved the A-teens. I mean, I love the A-teens a little bit now just because they were, like an ABBA cover band. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, who's not fucking with ABBA? Uh, exactly. But, like, I Their remember... Their actual songs like, were so good, too. Oh, I don't know that they had... It. I didn't know. I don't know if I knew any of their actual Inside songs. Inside Out, Bouncing Off the Ceiling? Floor I filler? Feel like I, know, I feel like I know Bouncing Off the Ceiling, but, like... But oh, like, wait, I am remember... I mixing them up with S Club? I might be mixing them up with S Club. I'm so sorry. No, I... Thank you. Now, I'm pretty sure A-teens were, they might have had a handful of original songs, but I'm pretty sure they were just, we're going to do ABBA covers in the ni- late 90s, early 2000s, uh, and, like, make them sound like that. Well, they did other stuff, too. Yeah, they did Upside Down. Okay. I don't, um, I might know it if I heard it. Also, it's A-star teens. You don't say it. Yeah, but it was pronounced A-teens. Yeah, originally there were ABBA teens. I wonder why. <laughs> um, no, not but like... Very catchy. I feel like it's one of those things that like those types of artists, their music videos would randomly be shown on like Nickelodeon or mm-hmm. Disney Channel or whatever. So like, you know, if you were watching, you know, Spongebob, it might cut to be like, okay, and here's a music video from the A-teens or LMNT. I was or, not oh. mixing them up, by the way. It was, they did do Floor Filler and Upside Down. The thing that I find very interesting with A-teens and I believe S-Club 7 is that they're mixed groups. Like which, men and women? Yeah, exactly, which is not usual nowadays. Um, right. And in K-pop, too, they're only like one or two which right. is very interesting and in our age where we're not really subscribing to the gender binary anymore or at least it's not as like it's not the only option in a right. sense like it never was the only option but you get what I mean um it's very interesting that it's still this like strict gender divide in terms of these groups that is interesting I wonder I I end up wondering, like, okay, well, what would you call it if you had a band making this type of music and it was, like, all, like, non-binary people? Or if it was all... Or, you know, even if it was just, like, a mixed group, you know, just because I feel like then you end up veering more towards, like, indie status just because we as pop music listeners kind Mm -hmm. of are dictated by the binary of being like, Mm -hmm. we have boy groups and we have boy bands and girl groups. And that's it. I mean, looking at the S club seven Wikipedia, it's like they were a pop group. 
Right. So, but, like, but people aren't going like, to, like, catchy. say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I also really like the difference between bands and, like, boy bands. And you yeah. can talk about them more with, like, Brockhampton and Five Seconds of Summer. But right. I just really well, find that interesting in terms of, like, do you define yourself as a boy band, a band, a girl group, a band, etc.? Well, let's get into my technically first pick because this is a. (laughs) uh, I'm great at segues. She Loves You by the Beatles. You think you've lost your love? Well, I saw her yesterday. It's you she's thinking of. And she told me what to say. She said she loved you. An early um, one. Early, because the Beatles were a boy band early on. I didn't choose a late Beatles song because I feel like the later Beatles, they don't qualify as much as a boy band. What? But let's talk about that. Why not? Um, because the early Beatles records, they were making pop music. And the later Beatles records, they were still making pop music, but they were more making like, rock music and progressive rock and like experimenting more with sound they weren't necessarily creating records of songs that could be played on the radio i mean but sense. look at like hey jude let it be like I'm right sure played on the radio but there's also songs like i'm sure that those were but i'm not talking about the psychedelics <laughs> right i'm talking about the site i'm talking yeah. about sergeant peppers i'm like you know within without you you know isn't like getting uh-huh. played you know uh tomorrow never knows uh oh i love that song I, they're great but like they're not they're not she loves you yeah 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 uh-huh. I mean, the thing with the Beatles, too, is that they start out, started out appealing to teen girls, and I, I've seen this, um, oh my god, what's the, what's the name of it? It's Robert Zemeckis' first film, and I really liked it. Uh, oh, I Want to Hold Your Hand. It's oh. about these group of girls who are trying to get to um, the first appearance of the Beatles on American TV on the, I think it was the Ed Sullivan Show. And it's it's a great movie, but there's this whole thing about how this guy who's like a bit of a, a rebel type, he's like, oh, I don't like the Beatles. Like all these girls like him, so I don't like him. So it's sort of this like, it's very interesting that they turned into this very girl oriented, they were this very girl oriented group that men resented into like, as soon as they started to get like more experimental and all of that stuff, men were like, Oh, like, we love that. It's just, like, uh, I mean, this is just a theme throughout that, like, men don't take uh, what girl, what teenage girls. What women like, yeah. Yeah, but especially teenage girls. They don't, they don't take them seriously. And, like, if you look at those Beatles songs, those early Beatles songs, 
they're amazing as well. Like just yeah. in terms of the they're lyrics. They're great pop songs. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they were just not taken seriously. And you can yeah. see why they were able to transition into more like musically complicated things as well. But right. if I'm going to play a Beatles song, like I, as a kid, would always play the earlier ones because that's just oh, yeah. what appealed to me more. Um, well, you know, looking back in 2020, you know, I think generally people appreciate all the Beatles songs. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you'll find some people and like, you know, me, you know, being a broy music nerd dickhead, you know, I'm like, well, you know, Sgt. Peppers is my favorite, <laughs> which is like a stere- stereotypical pick. But like, you listen to those early Beatles songs and you're just like, oh, this is great. And like, they were a touring machine, you know, mm-hmm. and like they fit the definition of a boy band. And it's something that still gets talked about when like a new boy band comes around. Yeah. In terms of, like, are you able to transition? And it's interesting, too, because not many bands have been able to make that quote-unquote transition into more adult-focused music. Um, Like, if they're going to do that, it's more they become soloists, like with Harry Styles. Yeah. I was was about to say, I'm like, some people do that by being like, okay, I'm a solo artist now, but they're... you know, there isn't like a, there isn't a Sgt. Pepper's Destiny Child album. No. I mean, the thing is with the Beatles is that they all came together on their own. Kind of. Ringo well, Starr was a later well, he, edition. He was a later edition, but it's like it wasn't as manufactured as Destiny's right. Child, which was created by Matthew Knowles and One Direction literally on a reality show. So they all came together because they liked similar types of music. Right. And they were able to bond over that. And, like, don't, don't like, at me Beatles fans who are like, oh, you don't know the real history. But from what I, from what I know. No, and, I mean, we'll get into that a little bit with some of my later picks because, you know, it ends up being, to some extent, you know, a boy band is, you know, not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily have to be created entirely inorganically. I think, I Mm -hmm. think it's partially about the way that you're marketed and partially about like different aspects of it. Yeah. I just think that they were able to last longer, even though it wasn't when you think about it in terms of yeah yeah, but when you think about it in terms of like the rolling stones it wasn't as long but yeah like a decade in boy bands land is so long oh yeah especially with the range that they showed and i think the reason why they were able to do that was because they came together with a love for the same type of music and they were able to like explore those things and eventually it got too much like they each wanted to do their own stuff but it took a while yeah um, and I mean, and then they each transitioned into successful, of varying degrees, solo careers. Yeah. But yeah. But I don't know. I feel like they kind of invented the archetype of a boy band with what they said. Well, with the, like, I think the more modern day boy band, because they ha- there was like Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons and like yeah. These- and, like, the Beach Boys and all of these. I think Beach Boys came after, but in terms of... Yeah, but the Beach Boys suck. 
hate the Beach Boys. I, I'm not going to get into this conversation. <laughs> I, I really like uh, like pets, like some specific. Songs. The, they have good stuff. I, I yeah. I understand. Like, I'm not going to put on Surfing USA like 24 seven. It's just like that's no. the only Beach Boys song I like. Yeah, that's but it gets show. annoying after a while. You need to like I know. face it out. Um, but they set up like this modern archetype in terms of like, that's what you want to aspire to. Yeah. It's like you want to start out this way, but then you want to evolve and not just yeah. stay in the same mode. Yeah. Um, let's move on into your next one, which okay. was Us Against the World by Play. I'll be here for you. Okay, so play is, I believe they're Swedish. I'm going to check her girl. Okay, because my first question was going to be, is this Mary-Kate and Ashley? <laughs> no, <laughs> okay, so it's showing up the cover for uh, Island in the Sun, I think. Is it Island Holiday in the Sun. Holiday which, in the Sun. Uh, yeah, which I used to love these Mary-Kate and Ashley movies. Uh, I was obsessed with them. But I don't believe that I learned about this group from them i think it was one of those similar things where it was like playing on um a kid's channel and uh like with them it was it was interesting because a lot of info about them wasn't like readily available because they were this swedish pop group that was like trying to get traction in america and they kept trying and it never really happened so well I, yeah I, I would go on this uh, fan site that someone created just to, like, even see what they were up to. And because, like, no one was really talking about them. And I just, I really like their songs. Like, Us Against the World is the one that a lot of people know because... Uh, that Mary Kate and Ashley movie? No, it was in another movie. I'm looking it up. But also, the Cheetah Girls covered a lot of their songs. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, which a lot of people don't know. Um, like Cinderella was a cover was a cover by them. I yeah. don't know any Cheetah Girl songs. Oh my god, you need to listen. But um, I like. But Us Against the World was in the Lizzie McGuire series soundtrack. Okay. So that so, that was a big thing for girls my age and everyone else who was watching it. Well, that's what I was going to say is, was this like, because like, I didn't watch Lizzie McGuire. I didn't watch a lot of Disney Channel. I was a Nickelodeon mm -hmm. kid. Um, I was. So, so um, okay. Well, you okay, know. I was, you an only, I was an only child and didn't have uh, much to do. Well, Emily, when the war comes between the Disney kids and the Nickelodeon kids, you're going to have to pick a side. And we all know who's going to win, the Nickelodeon kids. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be able to pick one. I'd probably choose PBS kids. Those ones are the ones that the Nickelodeon kids are going to take out first. No, those are the ones who will actually survive because they'll be the smartest. Because they'll go into hiding. 
Exactly. People will forget they exist. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> how do you survive? Uh, no, but I, I think that that's incredibly interesting. So, like, this, this might kind of be in the same realm as, like, the Element song, where, like, I'm sure, like, I didn't know it because, like, all the media you just described wasn't stuff that I, like, watched all that much. Yeah, this was heavily marketed in a lot of ways. Like, it was, they did tie-ins with Lizzie McGuire, like, the song was featured in Holiday in the Sun. And then I'm looking at this. They did a rendition of I'm Gonna Make You Love Me, recorded with Chris Trousdale of Dream Street, another boy band I absolutely loved with Jesse McCartney. Um, they also, they did this collaboration with this, I think it was a doll line. It, it's just like this nebulous, um, it was this nebulous website um, that had a partnership with Coles called Evergirl. And the tagline is, you can be whatever girl you want to be. So they did a okay. song with them. And they sold uh, they sold the CD along with other play CDs in Limited 2, which was also a big thing for me growing up. Because, right. like, the cool girls went to Limited 2. So, so why were you there? <laughs> sorry. You want me to leave? That was, uh, sorry, you set me up there. <laughs> I guess. Low-hanging fruit. Uh, okay. But basically, in terms of, like, this first, like, Us Against the World era, it was very, like, bubblegum poppy. It was that, like, quote-unquote futuristic 2000s thing when it was very right. cartoony um, in terms of what the future was. Um, but then they, like, transitioned into a more, like, quote-unquote darker sound with I Must Not Chase the Boys which uh, featured one of them in, like, a birdcage, which I thought was so cool. I was like, oh, they're edgy. And then there was this other song, um, oh, my God, what was the name? Hole Again, that I really loved that I can remember. The music video featured uh, everyone, like, sort of being a month out of the calendar. And as you can see, the thing that links all of these is that I loved the music videos and they were playing all the time on TV. And then I would go on the World Wide Web and I would find out more about them. And they were like really boring because they were just like Swedish teenagers and they weren't like in the tabloids or anything. But it was sort of like, I was involved in fan culture a bit in terms of like my Mary Kane and Ashley and stuff. But this was around the time when I really started to like, go on the internet a lot and like look up like oh they were in this magazine and I was doing this with um I got into this more with like the Jonas Brothers and One Direction but this was sort of the start of it cool um yeah I didn't have a lot of thoughts on this because this was a song I didn't love and well do you have such a comment not really this it's all interesting just because like I feel like well what's so funny too is like I had that same experience except my experience was I was like oh hey I love Led Zeppelin so I would go on the internet and read about Led Zeppelin who at that point were a rock band that hadn't existed in 30 years so my question is how did you hear about Led Zeppelin my dad the thing is, my dad, he he liked music, but he would just let me take control of the car radio all the time. Right. And it's like, I, 
they had some CDs, but a lot of it wasn't like those quote unquote classics. Like there might be a Bruce Springsteen CD here and there, but basically we had the Beatles, we had our holiday CDs, um, some like standards and stuff. Um, and then the rest of it was my music. I had like a Sesame Street hot, hot, hot CD. Right. And then once, once Ra- Radio Disney, once I found out about that, like all bets were off. That was all I listened to. Was it? Yeah, like I was in control of everything. So I didn't hear about Led Zeppelin for a while. I, right. I knew like the Beatles and through them I, I learned about like the Rolling Stones and stuff. But that's because there was like the everyone compared the two but i wasn't learning about like these classic rock groups through right. my parents and it they weren't seen to me as like oh these are the classics these are the end all and be all so i feel right. like i don't know it was, it was just interesting in terms of like the music that i was listening to yeah. um and what i gravitated towards while i was growing up it, it was like very trend-based but then once i got a hold of the internet again I was able to find like the more niche artists that I really enjoyed and like the older stuff. Yeah. For me, the like, the like finding stuff on my own didn't occur really until I was like a little bit older, like maybe 2005 ish when like fallout boy green day were big. And I was was, like, that was my era too. That was like my era. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I wasn't using LimeWire yet. I didn't use LimeWire, I think, till like high school. But like, that was, that was the point that I was like, okay, there are songs that I like that my parents don't know. And, you know. Yeah, for me, music wasn't connected to my parents necessarily. For me, it was all like, okay, well, like Led Zeppelin. For a long time, I liked Led Zeppelin, ACDC, The Who, and that was it. Um, yeah, I didn't really I, know who The Who were for a while. And the only song I knew for a really long time was, um, oh my God, what's the fucking name? My generation, like Teenage Wasteland, blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's Baba O'Reilly. Baba um, O'Reilly. What's the generation one? my generation yeah my generation i that for one. some reason i always confuse the titles even though i know they're completely different. my generation would arguably be a better title for bob o'reilly than bob o'reilly teenage yeah. wasteland would be a much better title but yeah. uh <laughs> um since we're talking about older bands let's move into my next pick which was i want to be where the boys are by the runaways I didn't know about The Runaways, really, um, until the movie came out. Yeah. Well, that was kind of, like, where I learned real... I mean, if you want to talk a, you know, modern, like, girl group, like, that was formed really inorganically. Yeah. The Runaways really were that, but for punk rock. Yeah, and if we're talking about skeezy managers. 
oh, Ed, Kim Fowley is a scumbag. Exactly. Um, but what's so funny now, too, is how how inorganically the runways were created. And, like, you know, Cherry Bomb, if you listen to Cherry Bomb now, it's a great pop song, just kind mm-hmm. of in the way it's written, the way it's structured. But, like, they were such an influential punk rock band. And, like, Joan Jett is beloved in the punk scene to this day. And she's still incredibly active within it, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, you realize, like, oh, this band really just got together because Kim Fowley was trying to make money. They were together for a very short time, right? Yes. I think I think it was, like, four albums in the course of a few years. Yeah. Um, but, and the song I pick is a song that is kind of hard to find. I don't think there's a studio version of it. Um. Four studio albums from 1975 to 1979. So, yeah, not long at all. Yeah, I don't see a studio version on Spotify. Yeah. I mean, this is one of their more well-known songs, too. Or It is. This one was featured in the movie a lot. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know. It kind of, like, it's a very good, like Cherry Bomb, it's a good pop song in the way that it's structured. It has that catchy chorus that you can instantly latch on to. But also, like, it's a really rip-roaring punk song. Yeah. The one that I really like by them is Dead End Justice. And I found out about that through the movie. And it's a similar thing with uh, Leader of the Pack, where it tells, like, a full story. And it's, like, a full, like, crime story, too. I'm going to have to re-listen to that, because I haven't (laughs) haven't listened to Runway's deep cuts in a long time. (laughs) Well, it's one of their more well-known songs, but it's... I think it involves them like breaking out of jail and stuff. It's just really fun to listen to. And it it's, it feels like they're doing a musical. Oh, okay. Cuz they're That's they're cool. like speaking the words that they're saying to each other, you know what I mean? I'm going to I'm going to have to revisit that one. <laughs> Cuz yeah, I haven't. Um but yeah, and the runways end up ended up having a somewhat tragic career Mm -hmm. uh sheree curry got addicted to drugs um i believe it was sandy west that died yep sandy west died in 2006 from lung cancer um and yeah it's uh yeah yeah and then one of the women i believe was uh sexually assaulted by kim fowley so I think that was uh, Sherry Curry, but I could be wrong. Yeah, Um, I mean, he was, the fact that he was doing this with teenage girls is just, like, insane. And he, he was a monster. Yeah. I mean, this, I was reading about the upcoming HBO doc about children of Hollywood and extends here and what we were talking about in terms of exploitation where you're forcing these children into a very adult world and your parents can't be there all the time and you're trusting these adults that you don't really know the true intentions of to take care of these kids. And some of them don't have very involved parents at all or have them like, I believe in the Runaways. From what I know about the movie, I believe a lot of them had, like, not great home lives. 
Yeah. Um, so for someone to take advantage of them and someone who is a parental figure, like those are the people that they would prey upon. Yeah. And it still happens today. Yeah. Um, you know, um, not that this is necessarily a boy band, but did you ever see the documentary about unlocking the truth? I might have heard about it, but I don't know they, the title. They were, a, like, I think they were even younger. I think they were, like, middle school. They were, like, a metal band. It was, like, three kids from Brooklyn. Um, and they got a lot of attention because they, they were great musicians. They were great at their instruments, and they would, like, play like in the subway and on the streets and stuff mm -hmm. um and they got a lot of attention on youtube and then uh they got signed by like sony and they got like this multi-million dollar deal and then um you know it was a pay granted they were being exploited for their money which not great but yeah what, i mean record which, deals like, are notoriously unfair for musical yeah. artists um but yeah, the whole documentary kind of like tracks them just sort of being like, oh, we want to get out of our contract. We don't know if we like our manager, you know, we have this whole thing. And like, you know, I don't even think the band ever really amounted to much. They opened for like huge artists. They like mm -hmm. did a little bit of the Warp Tour. They got featured in every magazine, but I don't even, I, it says on Wikipedia that they did drop an album, but like, that was it. And then, you know, just kind of like disappeared. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Got anyway, so, let's roll. <laughs> let's roll on into your next pick. So this uh, is my Stuart Little movie pick. Okay. I need to know by our angels. Um This is like the only song I know by them. And the music video is epic. They're at a sleepover. You need to watch this. They're at a sleepover. They're, I think they're like going over an Ouija, bo Ouija board or like a diary. They're like all very intense. And they're just like, I need to know. It's just like the little, the little vocal flourishes. And then it just goes up. So... The, uh, granted, not this isn't necessarily the case, but maybe you could verify. So what I wrote in my notes, one is that I like the tone of the piano. It's great. Um, mm -hmm. But I wrote that this is like a child-friendly song that's also kind of sexualized. Oh, yes. And yeah, I'm like, this is a song that's marketed to preteens, but also sounds incredibly like sexual a lot of like kind of innuendo and the way you're like well the music videos then at a sleepover i'm like so is that also Wait, like no. hyper sexualized well it kind of so 
like one of them I think is wearing like either Dalmatian or like cow print pajamas but then they all end up going to this party which is like the classic 2000s pool party one of them is wearing like a low-rise maxi skirt with a turtleneck that's cropped it's like the classic stuff but there's this one girl in this like sexual cowboy outfit and I'm just like what is happening um weird they they look like they're like adult like not adult like human versions of dress-up dolls in the fact that okay. like their clothing is very kind of plasticky it's very color coordinated like it's i think there's one outfit that's like all orange um they're like i would have loved to like play with them as dolls and they're also they're actually a more diverse group in fact there's actually a black member which is uh, oh wow was not common <laughs> It, it was very racially segregated uh, in terms of groups. Um, but I just really loved the song because I would play it over and over again. It was super catchy. I loved looking at the fashion because I loved this like tacky 2000s fashion. And I would always... It's an aesthetic. Like, exactly. And I'd be like, always, like, which girl do I relate to the most? And it's interesting because with our angels and play, I was related to the redheads the most. And I don't know why. I think they were always like kind of the most mature and the ones that I'm like, Oh, I want to be like them when I grow up. Yeah. Um, sorry. I was just checking wow. something. No, it's like, I don't, it's so funny. Cause like, I feel like what I should have done for a lot of these is looked up to see if they have music videos. Yeah, because <laughs> um, a lot of these are very music Visually videos. based. Yeah. But, like, even, like, the way you kind of describe it, I, I can picture it. And I feel like that sort of style not had a revival because, like... Things, it's having a revival but, right now, actually. Right, it like kind of is. Aesthetic. No, in terms of, like, I'm going on YouTube and seeing these, like, um, style YouTubers and them talking about, like, Depop hauls and, like, making mystery boxes for um, people who are buying them from uh, from Depop. And they always talk about, like, Y2K aesthetic. They're like, oh, this is so cute. And I'm like, I literally got rid of this when I was, like, 10 years old. Like, because it was I, old then. Well, also because it's, like, I realized, like, oh, this looks fucking ugly. And it's just yeah. so interesting how these people are like, oh, this is so, like, retro Y2K. Because I think fashion goes in, like, 20-year cycles nowadays. Right. In terms of, like, there's nothing really new in terms of innovation. At least it's, like, mass-marketed. Um, yeah. So I, th I think that's very interesting that the teens are loving. Well, because, you know, we're kind of at a point... <sighs> I don't think we'll see it just yet. Well, actually, we do see it a little bit now. And granted, this is very different from like the from like that from like the boy band sort of era. But like, I see teenagers now that are like fourteen, fifteen, and being like, "Why wasn't I around when My Chemical Romance existed? <laughs> I'm so upset I didn't get to go see the Black Parade tour." I mean, I'm like, upset I didn't. I'm also upset that I didn't, but like, I, it's so funny because to me, that was always like a thing, like people our age said about like the seventies and eighties and like, you know, or like the fifties or anything, you know, they're like, ah, oh, you know, I feel like I was born in the wrong decade. 
And like now kids say the same thing, but four times when we were around. I mean, I feel like in the 2010s when I was in high school, I was like, oh, I wish I was born in the 90s. It's that 20 year cycle. I mean, not that I was, I was born in the 90s. I wish I was around for the 90s. I think, I think the things that people like are when they're like five years old or whatever, like just before they were born it's like you just missed out on it. And it's like, it was around sort of when you were a kid, but it was sort of phasing out. Well, and also the fact is to, you know, the older, you know, the older generations get, the more they can package and sell their own nostalgia. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, you and I now are in more, especially with the things that we do for work, you know, we're more in positions of power to Mm -hmm. kind of like influence, you know, oh, hey, you know, this was a thing from my childhood and I want kids to know about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say what I do because I don't want people to shock me, but one of the- Just vaguely alluding to it. (laughs) Yeah, one of the major products that I deal with is literally based in nostalgia and that's why it's so popular. And I'm not personally on that, but it's just, like, a lot of these things that we try to create were, like, oh, what would we want to see? Like, what would we want to read? What would we want to watch when we were kids? And we bring in our personal experience and update it a little bit as well. Yeah. You could talk about (laughs) it. Talk about it. I didn't see it. Oh, okay. You talk about it. Okay, well, it's like <laughs> it where there was this huge mini series when I think it was either the 80s or the 90s. And it's interesting because it was set, it, like back then it was, it was set the in the 50s, 50s, right? Yeah. Yeah. And but now then, it's set in the 80s. Exactly. So I think that's really interesting. And they did that so, like, the, the modern versions of the kids could be. Like the, the grown-up versions could, yeah, exactly. But that appeals to that nostalgia. That appeals to that like, these are the best friends that you're ever gonna have. Like, stand by me, sort of thing. Right. Uh, it's funny. I've been thinking about Stand by Me a lot. I need to rewatch it. I want to. It was on the Ringers Rewatchables podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also talked about. They also did the Sandlot recently. Um, I I love The Ringer and The Rewatchables, but they really need to do more of a variety of movies because I I also love Chris Ryan. I love Sean Fennessy. I really appreciate Bill Simmons, but they need to have more guests on their shows. And the one, the episodes that are the most enjoyable are the ones where it's not like talking about these classic boy movies, like these classic white boy movies that it's just like everyone watched. Because right. that was, like, that's the culture that is um, sort of, I don't want to say forced down our throats, but it's, that's what everyone is supposed to like versus guys aren't, like, quote unquote, supposed to like, at least back then. Um, like, if you really liked Now and Then or one of those, like, girlier movies, it was like, oh. And I just wish that they showed more of a variety. And at times they do, like, they had Issa Rae on as a... Um, as that was the Groundhog Day episode, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I really love when Wesley Morris is on as well. But it's just especially with some of the 
things that the ringer has been going through lately i think it would be really good of them to have more variety of people on that particular show i just want to say that fair no i i agree um i've kind of fallen off with a lot of various ringer material just because i feel like it's kind of overkill um just because they have so much and if you wanted to if you could only listen to ringer podcasts but i I mean i liked I listen to oh. a majority of them, and the one that I, as soon as I see it, I play it is Higher Learning with Rachel Lindsay and Van Latham, and it talks about, like, the quote-unquote culture, which is Black American culture, and it's very informative, entertaining, and it's very interesting because I know about Rachel Lindsay from The Bachelorette, and that's, and I love her from that, and she has been this, like, she was the only Black Bachelorette bachelorette up up until recently i don't want to get into spoilers but there was a big scandal that happened in bachelor nation but i love how she and van talk about these issues just like going on in popular culture and it's a different perspective that i don't usually hear especially growing up in white ass westchester where i think if you look up where we came from it's like 95 percent white and upper class like crazy before moving into the next song, I want to ask you, did you see the, oh, well, you, well, you actually sent it to me. I regret uh, not putting a Destiny's Child song in here. I should have done I, a variety. I do, t- well, that was why I brought Destiny's Child up earlier, because there's not a Destiny's Child song in here. Yeah, <laughs> looking at this, our list is very white. Very white. I mean, it's um, it's not the whitest it could be, but it's pretty white. And I I wish I had uh, changed a bit, like put in maybe a um, boys to men song there here and there. Well, let's move in to a super white portion <laughs> of right. my playlist. Uh, Larger this than life the by the super. Backstreet Boys. <laughs> It's a pretty it's a pretty white run coming up. Yeah. I mean um, these these types of bands like the uh, not even bands, boy bands, uh if we're going into semantics here. These are the ones when I was a kid, I was dancing around with my friends while we played the songs in the CD player, like the round yeah. boom box. These were well These are these are the classics, you know. To us, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, these are like, these were like the biggest, you know, the best equivalent you could draw to the Backstreet Boys now is a group like BTS. Yeah. Um, it's it's different like, in a sense, and I'll get into that, but. Yeah. But like, Larger Than Life, I I also just have fond memories, too, of like, excuse me, I can't remember which one it was, because there's so goddamn many of them, but. um my best friend, John Donnelly, uh, he had a Now That's What I Call Music CD. 
Uh, and we would yeah. listen to it in the car. And this was the first song on whichever edition that was. So we always heard it because we would just play it in order. Um, it's whichever edition of Now also has Blue by Eiffel 65. Um, what color cover did it have? I want to say like purple. Okay, the one that I had, it was either six or seven, was like an orangey cover. And that's the one I was obsessed with. I'm going to see if I could figure this out. I'm gonna... I feel so old by the fact that we were around for the now single digit editions. Yeah, this was, now that's what I call music, volume four, which had Larger Than Life, You Drive Me Crazy by Britney Spears, oh, so Candy good. by Mandy Moore, <gasps> Blue, Blue by Eiffel 65, um, Try Again by Aaliyah, um, then the morning comes by Smash Mouth and Meet oh Virginia God. by Train. This I is like back half. I don't know that Smash Mouth song, and I, I thought I knew Smash Mouth. Well, I'm like, yo, deep cuts from some of these. I try by Macy Gray. This time around by Hanson, and it closes with All the Small Things by Blink One Eighty Two. Okay, and yeah, like, I had six. Okay. I never um, owned any of these, this but is I a remember great track list. Can Ooh. I go through it? Yeah, stronger Britney Spears. Gotta tell ya, Samantha Mamba. Bye bye bye. In sync. Around the world. La 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 la. ATC. Love don't cost a thing. Jennifer Lopez. Independent Woman Part One. Destiny Child. It wasn't me by Shaggy, oh, which was awesome. the one that I was obsessed with. Uh, no More Baby I'm a Do Right, 3LW, great group. Uh, Crazy by Casey and JoJo was, that was a song for me. I Wish by R. Kelly, fuck R. Kelly. Uh, Shape of My Heart, Backstreet Boys. Crazy for this girl, Evan and Jaren. Literally don't even know who these people are. Yellow, Coldplay. Again, Levy Kravitz, Lenny Kravitz. Hemorrhage in My Hands by Fuel. With Arms Wide Open by Creed, Drive by Incubus, Beautiful Day by U2, AM Radio. I love that song. And this, the peak position of this album on the Billboard 200, guess what it was? If you tell me it was like a top 20, I'll be surprised. Number one. God damn. Yeah. What a time. Well, the thing was, this was before iTunes, as you well know. This is how you got all these songs in one place. Exactly. It's, it's genius for what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I mean, the person no, who and I, did this was pro- probably so rich. Oh, yeah. Making this shit. I wonder how much an artist got paid to appear on one of these. Because they had to get, get something. Or a record label, at the very least. These started, they were released in the UK and Ireland starting in 1983. And they didn't start in the United States until 1998, which tracks for our ages. Yeah. But it's interesting, Um, it it expanded everywhere else, like including South Africa and Asia before it came here. I mean, it makes sense as a concept, at the very Mm -hmm. least. Um, And I feel like these kind of like boy band songs and you know, at least, like, the next song on my list um, are kind of very much so products of that era that work very well. And even, like, the last 
three songs that we did for you. Not necessarily that they were necessarily songs that were targeted or popular amongst 20 somethings at the time, but these are kind of like perfect songs for this style of soundtrack. I mean, also these are singles. Like if you asked me to, like I could probably, if you played an entire play album for me, I could probably remember the words just from how often I played them, but it's like no one else really knew. Yeah. The B sides, like whatever. And I feel like Backstreet Boys Instant. You're like, a real like, play stan. Yeah. I mean, but like with Backstreet Boys and Sync, it's like you you generally like the, the album only stuff, if if you weren't a true stan, you had no idea what they were. But exactly. these singles did so well. Like the performances, the music videos. The yeah. thing was with these bands, the performance was key. The concert having the choreographed dance and you know it's funny too because like you end up thinking that these bands were probably most popular with teenage girls but also like they were popular with younger kids too like you know i was like five when insync and the backstreets started hitting and like i was like oh i like this stuff I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, why don't I see other young boys in the audience at this? And then, like, you know, you talk to me at 13. I'm like, eh, this kind of sucks. You know, I only listen to metal. But now, as an adult that just likes music, I'm like, oh, this slaps. Yeah, it's interesting, though, because we're saying these are the classics. But arguably, someone who's, like, 10, 20 years older than us is going to be, like, new edition, new kids on the block. Those are the classics. And I do want to say that a lot of these white boy bands like took a lot from black yeah. boy bands um, and just in terms of music in general. Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. I, and another big thing I want to talk about, Max Martin. Okay. I actually don't know a lot about Max Martin. I okay. like know his songs, but like... There's this really good um, pop music book that I'll recommend to you later when I remember the title, but it talks about like pop music and basically the rise of producers such as Max Martin, and it talks about Dr. Luke as well. And Max Martin basically revolutionized pop music in this era because of the way that he changed how songs were structured in turn in lyrically and production wise so he did a lot of key changes that was the big thing in the bridge to do like the key change like you see that in a lot of those songs and also in terms of the lyrics they did not have to make sense at all that's because yeah he was coming from a background like he's European and a lot of these songs would play in Europe and stuff and people wouldn't necessarily know what they were saying. You're just looking for appealing syllables and words that work together. Exactly. And it's like, I think he did this for Ariana Grande and Break Free. Like this is, it's in Break Free. I forget the exact lyric, but it says, oh, I become who I really are. It's just like, what? But it sounds better than become who I really am. At least, I feel like you could have, like, changed the wording of it to make it a little bit better in the way that you say it, but it's just... Well, it's a matter of just 
hitting the right sound. I mean, you hear it in comedy sometimes too. I've been watching like a a podcast and they're talking, they're like ripping this one guy set apart, you know, making fun of it. And then, you know, he gets this one phrase and then they're like, that phrase he really nails. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's all, it's about the rhythm. It's about what fits the syllables, what fits the melody. Cause a big thing about music that I always find really interesting is what came first, the lyrics or the instrumental. Yeah. And with these, it was always the instrumental or at least like a melody. Yeah. It's, they're not, these aren't, so like, I mean, what's kind of a funny contradiction and this will come up later. You, you know, I'm a, I'm a lyrics person. Like, Mm I'm sitting there, I will sit up, listen to an album, and read along on Genius, and like Mm -hmm. click the annotations, I want to know the shit. For these songs, I could give a shit what they have to say. And that's the thing, I grew up with these songs where you didn't need to really, like, follow along with the lyrics, because they're all, all were generally like, I love you, baby. And you were listening to, like, Led Zeppelin and stuff that has a bit more lyrical context, Uh, as far uh, as I know. uh, (laughs) I don't know. I don't really listen to Led Zeppelin, but like um, sometimes. But I don't know. You listen to like whole lot of love, and it's like I'm gonna give you every inch of my love, and it's like yeah. cool, Robert Plant. <laughs> but it's like I didn't really get into lyrics too much until pop punk and Paramore. Yeah, Paramore is great. I love exactly. It. Like Misery Business was one of those times where I was like, okay, I'm gonna actually listen to what they're saying because it was so wordy too. Yeah. That yeah. I really had well, to pay attention. What I was singing misery, along. Yeah, misery business too. You know, Haley Williams. It's fast too. She's fitting a lot in mm-hmm. very quickly. Um, but let's roll. roll also, Avril Lavigne was another one that I paid attention to the lyrics. So, I definitely haven't told you this, <gasps> but so, not that I've gone back and re-listened to a lot of Avril Lavigne. But I was on Reddit the other day because I've slowly oh gotten into God. Reddit a little bit. Uh, but I'm in I'm like the email. I'm scared for you. I go on Reddit, but that's because I trust myself. <laughs> I I mainly just read like relationship advice and like, am I the asshole? And oh, I, I love I, I those. Yeah, I don't like. I also like. I'm not like addicted. I just go on every now and then. I um, go on every day. <laughs> um, but um, so I started so. It came up, do you remember the hotel year? You would tell me about them. We saw the hotel year together. Oh, okay. Um, I'll send you a song that you know. No, I definitely, I definitely remember us talking about it. And if I heard a song, I would know. It was one of those songs that probably has like a million lyrics, like in the the song title. We, we... We didn't know the hotel year at the time. It was when we saw Modern Baseball. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I think the only time together. Um, yeah, we we only saw Modern Baseball once. Um, but they were the opening, ba- they were one of the opening bands. Um, but a video of the lead singer, excuse me, he closes every acoustic set with an Avril Lavigne cover. I love that. It's I'm With You, I think. Oh, fucking love that song and i'm like oh this is great because i didn't uh, and granted i don't think i've listened to the actual avril lavigne song but i'm like oh i'm gonna i'm like i fuck with this you know the song cheers drink to that by rihanna i might if i heard it 
So I'm not a big Rihanna guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pardon, I'm with you. She samples that for the chorus, which I find so interesting. interesting. And my friends actually put on a Avril Lavigne, uh, like, jukebox musical in college. Please don't sue them. Um, But they turned it into this, like, weird... Great. Well, I don't. I'm talking to the general <laughs> I know. listener base. Um, Emily, I haven't gotten sued for this podcast yet. <laughs> yeah, we should probably get sued. Um, but they turned it into this tale of like, um, like queer coming out, uh, coming of age, and everyone was in these pop punk styles, and it's just you really understand what these lyrics meant yeah. to the kids growing up. And as being one of those kids, um, like I didn't personally interpret it that way, but Avril Lavigne talking about like has, lyrics meaning a lot to people with the like mid and two thousands like emo era kind of getting a revival. Um, the Avril Lavigne has kind of been elevated now to a little bit of like. I'm trying to think what's a good parallel. A cultural reset. (laughs) A little bit. Like, sort of in the sense where, like... Like, I'm joking, but I'm not. (laughs) I'm trying to think who's, like, a good person to, like, draw the comparison to. Are you talking about modern day? No, I'm I'm thinking, like, old school. I mean, Uh, it's not totally old school, but people compared her to Alanis Morissette. Yeah, I wouldn't, that's not, I was, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to think who, who's a good example. It's like. Are you trying to think of like a modern crossover, like taking parts of this niche scene and bringing it into the mainstream? Because that's how I view her. Sort of, where like, I was going to you compare her and Haley Williams, because Haley Williams is kind of seen as like the less popular but more respectable one of the two um and even though paramore is fucking huge but like Haley williams is like the true pop punk person and then uh avril lavigne is like the person that made it popular i guess this isn't a perfect i mean that's out of order time wise yeah but I, I'm thinking like the the Melvins and Nirvana, if that makes Maybe sense. Maybe Kathleen Hanna. Yeah, but there wasn't like a mainstream Riot girl group. Bikini yeah. Kill's like the closest thing. Mm-hmm. There's not like another person in a class with Bikini Kill. Liz Fair. She like makes different. Types of no, music. I'm saying Liz Fair to Avril Lavigne. What do you mean? Like angsty, sort of like guitar. Yeah, drum. maybe. I don't know. It's everyone hates on people. that album where she becomes poppier, but that's how I got introduced to her. Why can't I breathe? Is a bop. <laughs>